ladies and gentlemen. This is America's Healthcare Advocate. Broadcasting coast to coast across the USA. Your guide to protecting your personal health. Bringing you simplified answers to the complex questions surrounding health care. Everything from cancer to liver transplants. Nutrition. Exercise. My yoga and Pilates instructor, Dana Goodale. Mental health and even pet care. Dr. Wayne Hunthausen, Westwood Animal Hospital. Empowering you to take control of your health and wellness. My very special guest today, Grace Marie Turner, president of the Galen Institute. Welcome back, Grace Marie. Well, Carrie, it's a pleasure to be with you. And I do have to say, you are the most knowledgeable about health policy. Just superlative. And now, ladies and gentlemen. Gentlemen, 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 gentlemen. And now, America's healthcare advocate, Carrie Hall. Hello, America. Welcome to America's Healthcare Advocate Show, broadcasting coast to coast across the USA. Our producer, Mr. Oscar Monterosa. I'm your host, Carrie Hall. This is your show, America. Thank you for joining us and making us one of the most listened to talk shows throughout the United States. You can follow me on Facebook at America's Healthcare Advocate. That's America's Healthcare Advocate. A lot of information up there on the Facebook page, a lot of information about Medicare, individual health insurance, other issues like triology and other things that we've put up there. You can look at on the Facebook. Also, the website americashealthcareadvocate.com. If you've got a question or you need help with something, feel free to send me an email. Shows are also posted up there as well as the platforms for podcasts. Tune in, iTunes, SoundCloud, and Spreaker. I get a lot of feedback from people that listen to those podcasts. So if you listen to one and you have something you want to tell me or you want to suggest something or ask something, feel free to go to the website and do that as well. If you are looking for Medicare health insurance or you're looking for individual ACA insurance, the lovely Joyce Thomas. Thompson's always available to help you at RPSBBDI. You can reach her at 877-385-2224, 877-385-2224, or Sue Dendinger. If you're looking for employer-sponsored health care, she is a national expert. She is also at RPSBBDI, 877-385-2224. All right, today we're doing a show we've been waiting to do for quite a while, Matt. It's a uh, in studio today is Matt Doherty from Life Flight Eagle. Joining him in studio as well is Ruby Mayer. And joining us virtually is Dr. Paul Kramer, uh, who's going to be joining us as well. We're here today to do a number of things. Number one, we're going to talk about celebrating 25 years of Life Flight Eagle here in Kansas City. We're very excited to be celebrating our 25th anniversary and, and the more than 32,000 patient, patients whose lives we have touched in the last 25 years. You know, that's pretty remarkable. I mean, seriously, Ruby, when you think about it, you know, you've been at Life Flight Eagle for over 30 years now. Correct. Yeah. 36 okay. years. 36 years <laughs> at Life Flight Eagle. They're celebrating their 25th anniversary. So before it was even Life Flight Eagle, you were there when they actually started out at Research Hospital. Yes. In 1985, I was one of the original flight nurses for the Research Eagle, and um, I saw the Life Flight program start up in 1978, and it became an instant goal for me to become flight nurse. And in 1985, I achieved that. Yeah, and, and you've been there ever since, and it's really, you know, when, when Matt throws that number out there, 32, I mean, I mean, think 32,000 people have been flown on the Life Flight Eagle helicopters. That is really quite remarkable when you think about it. It is remarkable. It's more population than a lot of little towns and cities that we serve have, and so it, it's a 
significant number of people, and we have touched many lives. Yeah, you know, and, and you know, we, there's kind of a reoccurring theme that I think Matt's responsible for inventing, and that's a Life Flight Eagle for patients, not for profit. And I always make it a point of contrasting Life Flight Eagle with what I call the conglomerate air services out there, and the difference between this community-oriented, not-for-profit Life Flight Eagle and what they are, what the other if you will, air ambulance services in and around the metro, there is a huge difference. We're going to talk about a lot of that difference today. But let's go back to this when it started. I remember doing a show, and this was, I don't know how many years ago. It was Chris. It was uh, one of the nuns from St. Joseph's Hospital. It was you. And we did a show talking about how it started, went from more from research over to St. Joseph's. Talk about that a little bit. Well, have it just a little bit backwards. It started at St. Joe Health Center with the nuns in 1978. Yeah. And they started it because they saw the need. And even before they actually opened for business, they were out doing a PR. And a motorcycle accident happened not far from where they were. And the helicopter responded and brought the patient back to Kansas City. And, and that person's life was saved probably because of that transport. It was one of the early stories and one of the most exciting stories that we had. But as uh, the need grew, Research Medical Center decided to establish Research Eagle in 1985. And I was fortunate enough to become one of the first flight nurses for that program. And it's uh, we've always served the public. We've always been patient-centered. And that's um, but what everything is about, is about our patients. And so, so what made you decide that you were going to be a, um, a in-flight nurse on Life Flight Eagle? <laughs> well, it, to make a long story short, I first became a, an EMT in 1974, and then in 1976 I became a paramedic, and I thought I was ready to go out and do things and take care of patients. But I um, soon found that because it was a fairly new industry, there were not very many women in it, and um, nobody thought I could handle the job when they looked at my size. So I gave up after a period of time trying to become a paramedic. I think now it was divine intervention. I was not ready to be able to do that kind of work. But I went back to, to school and became an emergency department nurse. And, in, and while I was still in school, my brother took me for a helicopter ride. Just about the same time that Life Flight started in 1978. And it was like, if he can get somebody to pay him to be in a helicopter, I'm going to figure out how to do this as well. And it, it was, it's just been a, a love from day one. So what do you think? I mean, when I, you know, we first, you know, I first was impacted, if you will, by helicopters and, and Life Flight type services when I was in Vietnam because it was there yes. that a lot of our guys were picked up and taken from the field where they were injured uh, or, or worse, okay, into the, the medevac hospitals in and around Cameron Bay and other places. I happened to be at Cameron. So we, we, we saw the impact. When did everybody start to figure this out here? Because there's that thing called the golden hour, which actually came out of Vietnam. Um, when did all of that kind of click here that you don't, the nuns figured it out, research figured it out, you figured it out, Chris figured it out, who actually started you know, all of this with Life Flight Eagle. When did all that start to click? You know, Life Flight, that was at St. Joe, was the fifth air ambulance in the United States to be stationed at a, at a hospital. So we figured it out early on. Now, they did have a, a program in Colorado that started, I think, in 1972, if I'm not mistaken. But they have mountains and their terrain right. and stuff out there was different. Right. And here, the ski accidents yes. and all of that. But some, Dr. Mitchell 
from Columbia, who was the father of trauma in Missouri, and he was my paramedic instructor, just by the way. He started looking at things, and, and maybe maybe it was him, but somebody figured out that there were more deaths from trauma in rural Missouri than there was in Vietnam. I that did you not were know more that likely to succeed at living after a serious injury if you're in Vietnam than if you're in the rural parts of Missouri. And so helicopter transport, of course, was patterned after everybody was watching MASH and that kind of stuff uh, somewhere in through there. But Vietnam really, really proved it. When you had medical care in the helicopter, it made a difference in patient outcome. And the sisters at St. Joseph Health Center put that together in their minds. And then Research Medical Center uh, had a great outreach program at the time, and they wanted to serve their hospitals or outreach areas. And so they established Research Eagle. That's amazing. I mean, it really is a remarkable story. How many helicopters now fly? We started out with that one. How many now? So Lifelight Eagle has four helicopters out in the community um, serving the region. All of them are based in the rural communities. And then we partner with Children's Mercy as well uh, with a special helicopter dedicated to the neonatal and uh, pediatric patients. So we've got five total helicopters throughout the metro that service everyone in this metro. And how many counties do you serve and what's the radius now from where we started with back in the day with research when Ruby first started? The radius is really within about 75 miles of each of our bases. So we have our bases in Clinton, Missouri in Harrisonville, Missouri, in Odessa, Missouri, and up in Chillicothe, Missouri. So we really serve uh, from the Iowa border, um, all of western Missouri, um, down to the Truman Lake area and western edge of the Lake of the Ozarks, and into the eastern areas of Kansas. Yeah, so that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a pretty pretty big swath of, of geography, Ruby, between here and, uh, as, as Matt said, the Iowa border all the way down to the border of Lake of the Ozarks and all the rest of it. That, 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 that's a lot of coverage from where you originally started. It is, and we really have changed the way we did business because when I started, we sat at Research Medical Center, and we were kind of the flying billboard for the hospital, and when we were not on a flight, that was their way of advertising. And, so and, and today it's a little bit different. Obviously. Oh, and today we have our helicopters out where we can respond where the trauma is or where they do not have the services that they need. Our rapid transports help save their lives. Yeah, we've certainly done enough shows on this broadcast to talk to survivors of yes. those accidents and traumas. We've had some pretty dramatic broadcasts from people whose lives have been saved. So we're going to come back after the break. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate, broadcasting here on the HI Radio Network, coast to coast across the USA. If you want to learn more about Life Flight Eagle, maybe you'd like to become a member or you'd like to be a donor. I'm actually both, okay? You can do that at lifeflighteagle.org. That's lifeflighteagle.org. Or you can call 888-601-4913, 888-601-4913. Life Flight Eagle for patients, not for profit. We'll be right back with more. Me 
Welcome back. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate Show, broadcasting coast to coast across the USA here on the HI Radio Network. You can find out more about us by going to the website, americashealthcareadvocate.com. If you've got a question, send it to me on the email. I'll be happy to chat with you. I'm your host, Carrie Hall, in studio with me, Ruby Meyer, Dr. Paul Kramer, joining us virtually, and Matt Doherty from Life Flight Eagle. Welcome, doctor. Glad to have you on the broadcast, and you're able to take time out of your day to join us. Well, thank you for having me. Dr. Kramer is a board-certified emergency physician. He works at Elliott Memorial Hospital in Appleton City, where he is the medical director and the EMS director. He specializes in rural medicine. He's a graduate of the University of Kansas and has his medical degree from Des Moines University School of Medicine in Des Moines, Iowa, and he is a graduate of medical education at Mount Clemens General Hospital. Dr. Kramer is a board-certified emergency physician since 2005 and was recently recertified by the American Osteopathic Board of Emergency Physicians through the year 2025. It certainly sounds like uh, you you know the topic well, doctor. Uh, Yeah, well, I've been in it for quite some time. I think I started uh, as an EMT maybe 25 years ago, and I've been in ER medicine as a physician for about 20 years. That's quite remarkable. Yeah, that's actually how Ruby Mayer started out. She started out as EMT and then became a flight nurse. But tell us a little bit about what it's like uh, to be an emergency physician in a rural community like that, where you have all this responsibility for everything that's going to go on in terms of people coming into your emergency room, doctor. It definitely has some unique challenges. Um, as a as an ER physician, when when you do residency, you do residency at a usually a very busy, bigger, inner-city type facility. So uh, at those places, you have more volume, you definitely have more backup, and you have all most all the specialty areas of medicine supported and represented where rural health care is unique, where you may not have the support and backup that most hospitals have. And in fact, at Ellis Hospital, we're it. Uh, especially on, I tell people just to give them an understanding, you know, on a weekend, we may be the only physician in the county, but at our facility, our backup really is, is utilizing the other services at other hospitals. But in-house, like we do not have surgery or uh, orthopedics or obstetrics, but we, you know, we train to uh, handle and manage and stabilize whatever comes through the door and then get them on to another service if, if needed. Yeah, you know, it's interesting when you said we are it. <laughs> there, there, there's no other alternative. You can't say we're, you know, you can't say like they do here in the, in the, in the city hospitals, or, well, we're not taking any more patients in our ER. You're going to have to go to a different hospital. You don't have that choice, do you? That's correct. Yes. And, you know, in the city, which I, I did several years working in the city as well, but, uh, you know, let's say EMS is coming in with a trauma. Uh, you can say, let's activate the trauma team. Well, you're it. <laughs> you're the <laughs> ER doc. You're the trauma team. You're the anesthesiologist. You're you, you and your team. Uh, so it's very important that, you know, your, your staff is, is your team and communication. And that that's what, what makes the whole treatment plan work in an efficient manner. Matt? Well, you guys do an excellent job of, of treating um, just about anything there in the hospital. You do a really good job of things or moving patients that aren't necessarily critically ill uh, to the city, uh, transferring those by ambulance. I'm curious, what types of uh, 
patients, what makes you decide that you have to fly a patient uh, when it comes time uh, that you have that critical patient? That's, that's a good question. I'd say really the biggest uh, decision in that and factoring that in, if I'm going to fly versus sending by ground, is one, they're a critical patient and where I feel minutes will matter. Um, if that's the case, then usually I'll, I'll fly. Well, so minutes matter, doctor. We hear about that golden hour, that area of that critical time to get someone from the scene of an accident or an injury, whatever the case may be, from there to uh, the hospital or the trauma treatment center. But when you get them, you, you've are, you, the, the incidents occurred. They're now in your facility, but you don't have the ability to have a stroke team or, or a special surgical team or a heart team or any of those folks ready, able to help them. So you wind up having to stabilize them and then call in the folks from Life Flight. Is that how it works? Correct. It's it's kind of, I say it's, it's like you have different clocks that are running, and the more that you get started at the same time, the more efficient you can be. So, for instance, let's say, um, and this is a real case I've had, it was three 13-year-olds that were driving an ATV and crashed it into a tree, I believe. Oh. And so it came in, and so once they're on your property, I mean, they're your patients, versus like you had mentioned in the field, let's say that's a similar trauma, and our EMS crew responds, they can activate uh, Life Flight Eagle and fly them from the scene, because they, if they meet criteria, they know they're going to a trauma center, but once they walk in, you know, we start the whole process of evaluating them, treating them, stabilizing them. Uh, but what I'll do is, you know, as as my ER team, we all start taking our roles. We'll evaluate and treat. Uh, but I'll also, let's say I know one of them is critical, I'll call Life Flight Eagle and get them in route. But then I'll also call the receiving trauma center so I have the accepting trauma surgeon and, and you know, let them know what's going on. And then I'll continue going back and forth and evaluating and changing the treatment plan if needed until until they're stabilized and and ready for transfer. So how how long if if they don't if if you can't use if you don't utilize life flight, what's the ground transport time to get to the next major hospital closest to you, doctor? It's, it depends on the case and why they're being transferred. So let's say it's a heart attack, um, and if it, they're fairly young and have not had bypass surgery. Uh, that's someone that I know I can send to a place that has a 24-hour cath lab, uh, but they may not have thoracic surgery where they would be needed for bypass. So in that case, I would send them south, usually to CMH Hospital in Bolivar, and that's about a 40-, 45-minute ground time. Now, let's say it's an older patient. They've already had stents. They've already had uh, cardiac bypass. Well, chances are they're going to need a thoracic surgeon. Uh, I would have to send them either to Kansas City or to Springfield, and there you're looking at probably 90 minutes by ground. Wow, that's a, that, that's definitely a long trip, especially when you say minutes matter um, in these yeah. critical illness situations. So that's really quite quite remarkable. When we come back for the break, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to continue with Dr. Kramer. We're going to talk about what Life Flight does in interacting with the community he's at and how they help 
uh, first responders, EMS, and all the EMTs, and all of the other folks that are involved in this process. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate, broadcasting here on the HI Radio Network, coast to coast across the USA. If you want to learn more about LifeLight, if you want to become a donor or a member, go to the website lifelighteagle.org, lifelighteagle.org, or you can call 888-601-4913. That's 888-601-4913. We'll be right back after the break. The doctor is in the house. Stay tuned. Welcome back. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate Show, broadcasting coast to coast across the USA. Our website is americashealthcareadvocate.com. There's a lot of information up there, videos up there, if you want to go up to the website. And if you want to call me or communicate with me, go to the website, send me an email. All that information is there. In studio, Ruby Mayer from Life Flight Eagle, Dr. Paul Kramer joining us virtually from his hospital uh, in a rural community, and Matt Doherty from Life Flight Eagle also joining us. We're happy to have Dr. Kramer on board and appreciate him taking time out of his day to do this uh, because he's clearly very busy and uh, I think that opening segment we did with him a few minutes ago was uh, pretty interesting. He is at Elliott Memorial Elliott Memorial Hospital in Appleton City, Missouri. So doctor, let's go back to this a little bit. Uh, um, you, you know, Matt off air a minute ago just kind of described this whole interaction with the patient coming from where, whatever the scene is to you and then you coordinating with LifeLight and then coordinating with the hospital and as he called it like a well-orchestrated dance. Kind of walk us through how that actually works and how you interact with LifeLight on this, how, how you get this to work the way that it does. Yeah, so good question. It's like, so let's, the patient is brought in, whether it's by private vehicle um, or, let's say, it's our ground unit or another uh, nearby ground unit. Um, we would evaluate and assess and sometimes you know, I mean, within just a matter of minutes, hey, this person's really critical, and we need to get them to a higher level of care. Uh, being a rural critical access facility, we are very good at what we do, but we have limitations because we don't have uh, backup in a lot of specialty areas. Um, and so what would happen is once you evaluate, you start the stabilization process. If I know, hey, I need to fly this patient, I would go ahead and call uh, Life Flight Eagle, and then I would at the same time orchestrate and and try to contact the receiving facility. Um, and by doing that, it's the most efficient way of getting that patient uh, to the final destination. Yeah, and it ensures they're going to get the treatment they need. So let's switch gears here a minute. You know, LifeLight does something that I think is incredibly unique in their community partnerships as a not-for-profit where they put the patient and the care above profit, which is very different than what a lot of the large, as I call them, conglomo air services work. But in, in your case, your staff interacts with LifeLight. I noticed in, in the information I got from Matt before the, we went on the air, some of the, just some of the classes and some of the education that uh, you're involved in with LifeLight, I'm just going to give the initials because I don't know what all of this means. So we got ACLS, PALS, PHTLS, TNCC, and other classes. So 
talk a little bit about how LifeLight comes out and they actually spend time training staff and going through all of this with first responders from your community, Doctor? Yeah. Um, so at our facility and really any hospital, you're going to have um, different com- components and members of your team, and they each have different levels of training. Um, so let's say the PHTLS, that's pre-hospital trauma, and that would be more of our EMS crew because um, they're going to be in the pre-hospital or field setting. The ACLS is advanced cardiac life support, and PALS, PALS, is pediatric advanced life support. That is more our hospital-based staff, so it's physician, uh, nursing, and our paramedics, which actually are part of our, our hospital staff and field staff. They work both roles. Um, and so with that training, it allows us, you know, the classroom didactics, and what it does is it gives us, you know, feedback and keeps us updated on uh, kind of what's current, what's, uh, you know, new recommendations, and what's uh, the standard of care. And the field of medicine, oh, go ahead. So so how important is all of this, doctor, to you and your staff? For LifeLight to come out and provide all of those classes you just went through and training, how important is that to you and your staff to have that level of education and the community participation that LifeLight brings to your community? Uh, it's very important, and it's actually a requirement. Like our facility requires that all physicians and nursing staff keep their certification in the advanced cardiac and pediatric advanced life support courses. Um, but it gives us uh, consistency and continuity with, with Life Flight Eagle. Um, it, it just seems like a natural fit. Yeah, a natural fit and something that's obviously critical uh, to the success of your staff in your hospital because, as you said, you're it. There's, there's nobody after you. There's no backstop. You guys are the ones that are going to be faced with the issues and the folks with these trauma situations, and you've got to take care of them. Matt, your thoughts about this? Well, I think it's it's really nice to be able to have that relationship. It allows us to get to know um, while our team is there um, teaching these classes. Um, again, the, the classes are, are um, nationally accredited classes. Um, and teach the latest latest life saving techniques and everything like that, but it also helps us to develop a relationship with the folks at the hospital so that um, we we know them uh, we 've interacted with them in non stressful situations in the classroom setting, so that when we 're there and we 're working with that critical patient um, trying to get them moved as quickly as possible um, we we know the crews we know the ER staff, we know the EMS crews. And so that relationship is already there um, of, of mutual trust and mutual respect. And we know that they're, they've done a great job um, before we get there and they have trust in us that we're going to do a great job getting the patient to their final destination. And that really is what it's all about, isn't it, doctor? Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's really a team atmosphere and, and Lifeline Eagle was part of that team. Yeah, and, and it's not, and a critical part of that team. I know you've also done uh, some training uh, in in the ventilator class, and I've seen the actual dummy that they do this on, which is really quite remarkable uh, that they bring that equipment out. Wh- who all was involved in in your from your staff in that training, and how helpful was that training to your staff, where they actually got to use this this dummy that actually functions like a human and gives them a chance to practice in these real life simulations. It's a big help. It, it gives that feeling that you're in kind of a, a chaotic situation of if someone doesn't have an airway and we manage the airway and then we hook them up to the ventilator. But yet, 
it gives the feedback where you can slow things down, you can backtrack, you can uh, kind of get a do-over if you need to and, and learn, learn from mistakes. But it's a field that's always advancing and always changing and just helps to, to have someone there that will give that training and give us the feedback so we keep updated on what's the current standard of care. Yeah, you know, it was interesting. Ruby Mayer described that as being, I asked her, I said, how do you do this when you're in this kind of a traumatic situation and everything's happening around you? She said, you have to go on autopilot. Well, you really have got to be well-trained and well-practiced if you're going to go on autopilot because like you just said, there aren't any do-overs when you've got a live human being there that you're trying to save their life or stop you know, a particular injury, whatever the case may be. You've got to have enough practice that you're confident to what you're doing is what you need to be doing, right? 100% accurate. It's really not unlike a professional sports team. You know, they're, they're professionals. They're the best in the business, um, but they still practice every day, all week long, and they do the same plays over and over and over again. So that when they're, game, they're in the game situation, they know exactly how to execute the play that's called at that particular moment. Yeah, and that's exactly what this amounts to. Let's talk a little bit about something that's going on at Lifeflight Eagle. That's one of the reasons we asked Dr. Kramer to come on. We're doing this show today, the 25th anniversary of Lifeflight Eagle, is the fundraising campaign that Lifeflight Eagle is putting together to benefit the rural communities. Uh, and again, I'm going to go back to that tagline, for patients, not for profit. So, Matt? Yeah, our, our core mission, as we've said, has is always been to transport those critically ill and injured patients. But a few years ago, we actually revised our mission statement to include the outreach education and the classes that we're talking about here, uh, having provided for Ellet. We do those those types of classes all over our service area. They're not inexpensive to provide those types of classes, and, and we really only um, charge the, the hospitals or charge the individual staffs um, what we're required to for them to get their, uh, their nationally um, accredited card uh, for having having been certified in those classes. So um, we really see that as as part of our mission, that it's for the patients, and we want to help prepare uh, our, our communities and the caregivers to do their best. But we could use your help as community members. Um, go to our website, lifelighteagle.org. We'll take one-time donations there. If you can help support our, our mission to provide these classes with a one-time donation, or even better yet, sign up for a monthly donation. Um, we'd love to have you donate $25 a month for our 25th anniversary, or a single one-time $25 donation would be great. Go to lifelighteagle.org and click on the Donate button, or you can also give us a call at the 888-601-4913 phone number as well. Yeah, so you know this is important. I, I, I talk about why the difference between Lifelight Eagle and what I call conglomerate or the other ambulance services. Look, they're in this thing to make money. They're in it for the profit. There's nothing wrong with that, okay? But it's a different model than what Life Flight Eagle does. And Life Flight Eagle puts back into this community. They have for the last 25 years, and they continue to do so. You just heard Dr. Kramer talk about the classes that his folks have gone through, the certifications they get, and how it all works. So Life Flight Eagle is critically important to our community, and they've been a partner here for 25 years. Thank you for listening to America's Healthcare Advocate, broadcasting here on the H. Radio Network, coast to coast across the USA. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with more and wrap up the show. Well, Doctor, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate having you on the air and getting your perspective. And uh, I think it's important for Lifelight Eagle to be able to have the community hear what they do and how they're involved. If you want to get involved with Lifelight Eagle, the website is lifelighteagle.org, lifelighteagle.org. The phone number, 888-601-4913. We'll be right back after the break with more. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate, broadcasting here on the HI Radio Network. Coast to coast across the USA. (music) 
Welcome back. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate Show, broadcasting coast to coast across the USA here on the HIA Radio Network. Our producer, the always perfect Mr. Oscar Monterosa. I'm your host, Kerry Hall. This is your show, and thank you for joining us again here today on America's Healthcare Advocate. In studio with me from LifeFlight Eagle, Ruby Mayer, Dr. Paul Kramer joining us virtually, and Matt Doherty from LifeFlight Eagle. We're talking about and celebrating 25 years of service to this community, LifeFlight Eagle. We were on break, and, and Matt was telling a story that I had not heard before, Ruby. That is how you use how, how just put things into perspective a little bit. How things have changed from back when you first started. So tell the string and thumbtack story. <laughs> this is really quite remarkable. When we first started, when we were dispatched to Clinton or to Chillicothe or to wherever, the dispatch center would take. Um, they had a big map on the wall and a string attached to a thumbtack, and they would. The string was um, anchored at Kansas City, and then they would stretch it to wherever we are. We were en route to, and we'd get the distance and heading figured that way with the compass, and that's what they would call to the pilot. <laughs> so it was pretty, pretty um, frontier medicine, so to speak, all the way around. Um, and we didn't have near the equipment in the helicopter now, or then that we have now. Our training wasn't nearly as extensive, um, but. You know, we were we were there. We we were kind of like the Vietnam era, just coming off of that, and that's what we t- tagged on to. And and we we did um, the best we could do with what we had. Yeah, but well, there you, are a lot did, of difference. Obviously, you did very very well with it. You know, you you say, and this is interesting that it's not about the helicopters, it's about the patients. Okay, and we know where we've been. Where where are we going? Where, what's looking forward for the future for Life Flight Eagle? You know, we don't know what it's going to be 25 years from now. We look back, and if you think of, of how much things have changed since then, not only do we have satellite not only do we have satellite tracking and satellite communications, and we have uh, all kinds of wireless, super high-tech equipment in there helping us to serve the patients. Um, but just think, you know, cell phones 25 years ago um, were a bag or a giant device the size of a, of a big dumbbell. Now we have an app out that allows our, our first responders to request the helicopter right there on their cell phones, and it uses that GPS coordinates and sends that straight to our communication center, and the helicopter heads toward where the cell phone is, and we're able to uh, to utilize that. 25 years from now, who knows what's going to happen? We could be potentially uh, flying patients in drones. We could be flying surgeons to patients instead of patients to surgeons. Uh, we don't know what the future holds, but the one thing that we do know is that it's about the patients. Um, you know, helicopters are fun. I've loved helicopters ever since I was a little boy, and, and they're exciting to talk about. But Life they're Flight Eagle to is... Too, by the way. <laughs> they are. <laughs> Life Flight Eagle is more than helicopter. Life Flight Eagle is, is about the patient, and that will never change. So, you know, talk about the, you know, education. This is a huge part of what Life Flight Eagle does. It's a huge part of what Life Flight Eagle does in the rural community, and it's a huge part of what you bring to the rural community to enhance what those services in the community through the fire, EMS, and first responders are able to do, Matt. Yes. <clears throat> Flying critically ill and injured patients has always been the core of what we're doing. Um, but the other part of it that is, is less heralded, at, perhaps, is, is the ongoing training that Dr. Kramer has been talking about, some of the things that we're able to provide um, for those uh, community hospitals. And we're really ramping up. We talk about what's, what's happening 25 years from now. I don't know exactly what it's going to look like 25 years from now. But right now, we're in the process of dramatically growing that education program, offering more and more classes, trying to have a greater impact on the community. And so um, we could use a listener's help. We could use 
um, the community's help to help us grow that program. And so we would encourage you, uh, if, if you are willing and able, um, go to our website, lifelighteagle.org, and you can donate $25 there uh, in honor of our 25th anniversary. Or even better yet. Or you yet, donate more than that, you, you, we will sit, we'll, We're not going to turn down any gifts, uh, of course. But um, we also have a monthly giving program uh, where you can give $25 a month or $10 a month. Um, those funds are really important to us to help us sustain that outreach education program to continue providing uh, training to first responders, to nurses and paramedics and EMTs in our communities so that they can take better care of the patients within their communities. And whether Lifelight Eagle ever flies those patients or not, we know that those communities have better access to emergency medicine. That, but Ruby, that's the whole point. Okay, is you're bringing uh, an asset, you're bringing training, you're bringing this 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 information to these rural communities. If you don't do that, who does? Well, if we don't do that, I don't know who's going to do Thank that. You. That's the whole point. You're absolutely right. If yes. you don't do that, who's going to do it? And exactly. that really, you know, for all the years that I've been doing this, and I've been doing this for 15 years now with Life Flight Eagle, this is the thing that, you know, I want people need to understand and need to take away from these broadcasts and what we try to do here is this this what your program does, what Life Flight Eagle does, is for the patients. It's not for profit, and it is for the community. And if that's not there for the communities, then those communities are going to suffer. They're going to suffer in the quality of care they're able to give, and the way the first responders are trained, and what they learn how to do. I remember going out to a couple of. of of events with you where you have what is that dummy the one that you guys train on I care what that what that's what's that called yeah we the simulation dummies <laughs> that, that we're able to use and, and that way they can practice real life scenarios and, and practice before it's critical so that Correct. those those procedures um, that they don't have to do very often they get to do uh, in practice scenarios and get good at it that way but they know how to do them and how important is that when you're that that nurse or you're that EMT on the ground and you you're presented with that problem and oh lord I've got to do this now how am I going to do this you almost have to be on automatic because it is a critical situation. You have to work quickly. You have to know what to do and how to do it. And you need to be able to get them then on to the higher level of care on back to the city or wherever they need to so, go. So we go back, Matt, to the issue of why the training is so critical and so important. If they don't get that practice, if they don't get that opportunity, then what Ruby just said is you've got to kick it into automatic and you've got to go with the procedure the way you know how to do it. They're not going to have that experience. Yeah, and, and patients have negative outcomes as a result. And that's really the, the – we want to give patients their very best chance at a positive outcome, whether that be the EMT on the street being able to help provide that or Life Flight Eagle being able to provide that by transporting those patients. Yeah, because when you make mistakes in practice, it's a little different than when you make them in real life. And what you're doing here is you're giving people – a, an opportunity to make those mistakes where it's not going to cost somebody or have an impact on their on their ability to survive whatever accident or trauma event they've been involved in and learn how to do it the right way so that when that occurs, like Ruby said, it's automatic, right? That's right. Yeah. So it, this is why it's important, folks, and thank you all for being here today and doing this, and thank you, doctor, for joining us. But this is, this is why this is important, and this is why I'm going to ask you, uh, no, be a member, but also go up there and donate. I've done it. You can do it. It's, it doesn't have to be a huge number. You can go up there and put $10 a month in or $25 a month, whatever the case may be. But you're supporting something that's completely different than any other model out there. This is not conglomo air. They won't say this, but I will. Okay? There is a huge difference in the way these people 
people operate and the way these other air ambulance services operate that are listed on Wall Street. There's nothing wrong with being listed on Wall Street, but there is something significantly different about what Life Flight Eagle does. It's for the community, it's for the patients, and it's not for profit, and you can get involved. The phone number, 888-601-4913. The website, lifeflighteagle.org, lifeflighteagle.org. Do something that's going to make a difference for your community today. Donate to something that's right here in Kansas City. Thank you for listening to America's Healthcare Advocate, broadcasting here on the HIA Radio Network, coast to coast across the USA. Goodbye, America. You got me love struck, baby.